Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're live. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to West by Pod, a podcast about WVU football, the Big 12 Conference, and condiments. I'm Joel Bracken at WVU Stats Guy. I'm joined, as always, by Game Day Shorts, Jordan Pinto. Uh, we are back for the bowl season. The uh, The games have already started, actually. I, I kind of missed the first few of them. Uh, but we are into bowl season, and, and fortunately, the Mountaineers are bowling this year. We got North Carolina on deck. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of just like roster cleanup and, and general recruiting, all the, the happenings there, and some Big 12 stuff. How are you doing around the holiday season, Jordan? I am. Uh, I'm refreshed, man. Um, you know, it's crazy. We were, we were joking a little bit. It's, it's crazy how much you can get accomplished um, when you're not sweating out the old Golden Blue every Saturday, man. We, the wife and I took a little vacation without the kids to uh, to New Orleans. First vacation without the kids, so that was that was big for us. Um, I built a woodshed. Oh <laughs> uh, like, yeah, it's just like it's like it's off the charts. It's like am I am I shortchanging my the rest of my life? You know, by by uh, by the way that I live, and you know, ultimately probably. But then you get news like, hey, Jaden Bray uh, committed today, so. You know, and and that made me very happy. So I think that my priorities are, are straight. I think I'm good, but I'm refreshed. I'm excited about football. Lots of, lots of things trending in the right direction over the last. Uh, well, I mean, you know, throughout the season, but especially over the last couple of weeks. So feeling good, man. What you been? What you been up to? Oh, just same old working, uh, running, do, doing the thing. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy in the last couple of weeks. But ready to have some time off. Get back to West Virginia for the holidays. See the family um all that good stuff so excited that we uh we have football to talk about west virginia football to talk about this late into the year um that's not always been the case in recent years i'm in a while yeah yeah so so exciting we got a a regional matchup i know there's some intrigue a a good location are you going to the game or are you so as of now i'm not there's still a chance that i could uh that i could actually uh, you know hightail it at dawn on on that wednesday but just with some of the plans that we had and like holiday travel and stuff, um, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And I'm devastated, obviously, because um, I don't know if the listeners. I lived in Charlotte for for you know like eight years. Um, just moved back to West Virginia a couple years back, but still have a lot of friends down there. So I was really looking forward. You know, when when they announced the matchup, I was like, oh my god, like let's let's make a trip out of this. Like let's make it a, a you know a two nighter. Um, and then like within 24 hours, it was just like shit this isn't this isn't gonna work so are you uh are you going down i'm not gonna be making it uh i got Man, some, we suck. Some, yeah no we're, we're not making the trip i mean we're coming from columbus ohio so it's you know it, it getting back to i live in or my parents are from southern west virginia so getting back to there is, is still just halfway all the way to charlotte but yeah uh, and we got a, a big family get together this year so 
Not going to make it down being that close to Christmas, but excited that a lot of people, you know, it's just fun to have regional games. It's, um, I sure find is. that more and more fans are learning how much it's going to stink um, when, you know, you're an Arizona fan and now you're playing in Cincinnati or something like that. Like, wait, that doesn't make sense. We've been living that reality for a while. We so have. you got to appreciate all the, the close games that our fans can travel to. And I mean, we got a pretty good showing down. Uh, in North There's going to be a good contingent, man. Uh, almost everybody in my uh, in my uh, gravitational. Uh, well, I don't know what do you what do you call it? Like my whole extended circle is going. Yeah. Um, very very few people aside from myself are, are not making the trip. Um, who I you know generally interact with about West Virginia football. So I'm bummed to be missing out, but it's going to be a good time, man. There's going to be a bunch of people down there. I think it's going to be a good crowd for us. Um, yeah. Not sure about North Carolina. Seems like they're a little bit more down on the matchup than we are but we, we can get into all that here a little later i guess yeah yeah we'll do the we'll do the preview no obviously no review here we'll do the preview at the end of the pod um so yeah i guess kind of our first thing is just some sort of recruiting slash roster roundup um you were definitely more the expert in the recruiting right like the recruiting world than i am um i know you keep up with that closely um, so do we want to start with the, the opt-outs, the transfer portal guys, any, um, any big news or any big names that, you know, I, I think that's just getting used to this new normal of like, okay, season ends, 10 dudes transfer like immediately. Yeah. And I think every, you know, you see it on Twitter and people are like, oh my gosh, we're, lo-, you know, it's always very reactionary, but, um, were there any names that, that really shook you up or anything? Because I, you know, I feel like a handful of the guys, it's like, yeah, they weren't playing. What, what do you expect? Like nothing too crazy, but, um, and it, you know, was there, was there a guy or two that stood out to you here? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think the, the three surprise, well, we've only had really four, um, I, you know, I'd say like contributors, um, who, who have left, right? Hershey and then, um, or sorry, only three contributors, Hershey, Hershey, and then Mike Lockhart and then, uh, Justin Johnson. Um, the Johnson one, obviously not a surprise, right? Like he's, he's kind of down the pecking order and the people in front of him are actually younger than him. Right. So, um, no surprises there. He's a, he's a good player. I think he'll, uh, he'll stick somewhere. I think he'll, he'll be productive wherever he goes. Cause you know, I always, I always thought he was productive for us. It's just that, you know, Jaheim white and, and CJ, uh, obviously take precedence there. Yeah. Um, Lockhart, I was a little surprised by, cause you know, you only have one year left and, and like, where is he going to go? That is, gonna give him a better chance to a play and and b win than than you know how we're looking next year um so i was a little surprised by that i think the one that hurt me the most was hershey man i'm you know on record as a as a uh, as a big hershey uh hershey mclaurin fan um you know i i guess the other side like i was sad to see him go the other side of that is uh, we never felt like we totally figured out how to use him right like you know physically yeah. i always felt like he like why couldn't he have been like a kj Dillon type of dude who's just in the in the box where he can havoc all the time and for whatever reason it didn't feel like that's how we played with him um you know and so maybe he's trying to go somewhere where um his talents are, are applied in a, in a way where he's a little bit more comfortable but sad about that one um, yeah. and then James heard th- that was surprising. Um, cause like, right. Like highly recruited guy has been publicly singled out as like, Hey, we think this guy's going to be a future star and he redshirted. Right. So like, I don't understand why, why he would, uh, bounce. Um, yeah. It's so hard to, you know, really 
understand there, there's so many guys in the locker there are so many guys especially with all the you know the red shirting the transfers people are in so many different stages of sort of their football career it might be winding down they might be looking for one last opportunity obviously there's some guys who have nfl aspirations um it's so hard to like take it on a surface of like yeah why did we lose this guy why is this guy you know i, I kind of agree with something like mike lockhart it's like yeah, you got one season left. Do you really think you're going to end up at a team that's going to give you more? Like he would be a, you know, he would be a starter next year. He would be a For sure. um, huge contributor getting in power five, uh, power four next year uh, tape out there and, you know, be doing the thing. So, you know, that's one that kind of scratches, you know, leaves me scratching my head. Um, I can just, you know, read the list quickly. Keyshawn Cobb, the DB, Justin Johnson, you mentioned James Hurd, Danny King, the punter. Uh, Mike Lockhart, Andrew Wilson Lamp uh, entered the portal, Hershey McLaurin, Theo Grabble, Jay Sean Polk, Davis Malinger, uh, Christian Stokes, Jeremiah Aaron, Cortez Braham, and mm-hmm. Lance Dixon. Lance Dixon, I think that's a talent you lose as well, but um, you know, somewhere in the middle of the season, this was probably the direction it was trending after yeah, the he, Houston trip. Yeah, he had been with the team and in you know six games second half of the year so yeah man i forgot about stokes that's another one right where it was like man if you remember with his recruiting class we were as excited about him as as anybody um and i know he he came in hurt i think he was hurt for his whole and i just wonder like did he did he lose a step or something obviously he's a defensive back he can't afford to lose a step but like you know, we have other positions, right? Like where, okay, you're a step slower, gain, gain 10 more pounds and, and play linebacker, right? We need, we need bodies at linebacker. Yep. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. The herd thing, man, I kind of was in the discord about this a little bit over the last couple of days, but just reading the tea leaves and like, you're looking at the type of guys we're recruiting. It seems more traditional four down front types of defensive ends. And I just wonder if, um, you know, the bandit has, has been a weakness for us for as long as we've had bandits, basically. Yep. And uh, are we are we going more towards an even front? And in that case, like, can James Hurd play off the ball? Does he want to play off the ball? Does he want to be just a situational pass rusher? Um, I mean, you know, I again, no, no inside information, but it, like it, it feels like there was probably a conversation of, hey, here's the situation. Do you want to stick this out or do you want to and, you know. Clearly, he didn't want to. I I think I saw he committed to Syracuse, so oh, wow. not a guy who's in the portal for very long. But I don't know how big of a loss that's going to be. Kyle McCord also Syracuse. So yeah, I saw that. Cleaning up so far. <laughs> trying to, trying yeah. to. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, we won't know how big of a loss Heard or uh, Heard or Stokes are really probably for another year or two. But yeah, I mean, I think it's important to mention is is this is the, the stage of the year where you're like, man, on paper, we lose all this talent. Um, and it's also important to remember that we just had a unanimous All-American who transferred in this year uh, in Beanie Bishop. I mean, that's yep. the kind of um, that's the kind of flipping we've had. When you really look back like year over year, we've had transfer dudes come in who like maybe you knew them before, maybe not, who are like still in the NFL. I mean, like th- that's that's just the reality of it. The talent's going to kind of, you know, there's more of a flow back and forth now. Like, yeah, you lose, lose some guys that you're like, man, I'd really like to see how they develop. Really would like to have them on the roster next year. Um, we'll see, you know, come next fall. <laughs> there's a couple guys we don't know who they are yet who are going to step up from, uh, from some transfers. So um, I guess on that note, 
what have you been seeing transfers in in the you know the recruiting scene is kind of twofold now because it's not just high school it's it's recruiting everyone else that we're playing against and you know picking people off there so um any big news or i know you mentioned uh bray earlier but any other guys you want to mention here yeah bray's bray's a big pickup man i've really liked his game from afar um, he was at Oklahoma state for, for folks who don't know productive receiver there. So, you know, I wouldn't say he's like, he's not like an A plus slam dunk. Uh, but in terms of dudes who we were probably going to be able to get in the portal, you know, he's a, I'd say he's an A signing, you know, kind of a thing. Um, maybe not an A plus talent, but an A pickup for us. Um, then the other one, the other big one, Aiden Garns, uh, defensive cornerback from, from Duquesne. Um, I know people will probably be sweating that out cause we were Duquesne to shreds, but this dude was actually, we were, we were zero for three when we targeted him. Um, so most of the damage came from the other side of the field. Um, he's graded out really well. He's in the high eighties. Um, and he has a lot of eligibility left. So, um, he's one where, you know, it's a position of need. I think he's a good player. He's one where it's good to, to, to roll the dice on him. Right. And can he step up and, and replicate that success? Um, so really like that pickup. I think he's a Philly kid. So I know we have like a kind of a mini Philly pipeline going. So it never hurts to get more dudes from there. Cause there's, there's good football there. Um, I think at corner, we're also looking Colorado state. Uh, there's a dude named TJ Crandall and I think it's going to be down to us and UCLA there. And it sounds like, uh, from the stuff that I'm reading, um, that he's looking for an immediate opportunity to play. Um, and we definitely fit that better than than UCLA does. UCLA has some cornerbacks yeah. coming back who are established. So um, feel good about that. Um, and he's another one where he, he's not grading out quite as high, but he's coming from Colorado State and graded out in the in the mid seventies. You know, so uh, a, another solid pickup there. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but I know we're looking at a, a, a safety from uh, from Villanova who graded out excellent, who has a bunch of P five offers. And we're kind of in the mix, like the last couple that he's considering. So um, that would be another good pickup. Um, and then the other one who actually committed is uh, the Minkins, the safety from from uh, Louisville, who is, um, <laughs> I, you know, I think he was like the second worst graded player on their team and one of the worst graded safeties in the ACC. <laughs> so it's like, you know, hey, lamp goes out. We're bringing we're bringing a, a lamp back in here. Um, but <laughs> you know, jokes aside, <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> credit to uh i told my bu- i told my buddy al i wasn't gonna give him credit for that but he he made that comment i thought it was funny i told him i was gonna steal it but um but p5 body right and we need yep. p5 bodies um he's experienced player so you know worst case scenario he's he's a depth piece that we can throw out there if people get hurt or whatever hopefully he's not if he if he plays the way he did last year hopefully he's not starting but uh but yeah at least a, a nice body that we can maybe throw into the mix there um yeah so, yeah, no, I mean, decent, you know, I I feel like the way we've kind of handled the portal, you're kind of seeing a trend developing where, um, and I don't know if this observation has been out there, but we're, we're jumping on the, the FCS and lower level guys, um, for this December signing period. Um, because, you know, a lot of the higher profile names who are out there from P5 schools, we're going to be, it's going to be hard for us to get those guys, right? Cause you know, there's yeah. going to be a lot of other bidders, um, Cameron Martinez, dude from Ohio State, former four-star. He's another one who should mention where I think, you know, he's he, he kind of took a low-key visit last weekend, so I don't know what the deal is there. I haven't heard a whole lot about that. But, you know, those are the kind of guys that we want to be targeting or that the fans want us to be targeting, right, is the dudes who are at Blue Bloods who aren't getting the playing time but we're really good recruits, and so, you know, we can offer playing time. 
Um, but it feels like we're going more lower level guys in the fall. And then it, you can scoop these dudes up after spring ball of dudes who are thinking they're going to stick it out. And then maybe spring doesn't go the way they want, which is like, that's what we did with Beanie last year. Right. Yeah. Um, and that worked out well. And so, you know, I, you know, you got to resist the urge to be disappointed with like the level of guys like that. We're, we're offering dudes from lower levels. I feel like at this point, um, mm-hmm. because yeah. the dudes we're getting are good. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's some promising stuff and, you know, fit is always so massive too. I mean, it's like, we have guys on our roster who might go play somewhere else and, and be significantly better and, and vice versa, like getting these guys in, like looking at, uh, Jaden Bray closer this year. I mean, he got 47 targets. He scored a touchdown in the, the game against us. Um, you know, what kind of player can he develop into? He's, uh, you know, had some, some small experience in the last two seasons prior, and then he played, you know, a lot this year. That's the kind of guy like getting into a different offense. You get into, you know, an offense with Garrett Green next year. Maybe this guy like really emerges and is a lot better than get away from, get away from flaccid penis Alan Bowman. I mean, maybe this guy's an elite deep threat and Bowman just couldn't sling pies, you know, 15 yards down the field. So who, who would know? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's such a crazy puzzle. This, I mean, I just think in general now, cause it's, there's this, all these evolutions of like, you're recruiting guys at multiple levels. It's college, it's FCS, it's FBS, you know, power five, G five, whatever. You're, you're kind of looking all there. You're also looking at high school guys. You're also trying to retain your guys. You're handling the personalities yep. in your locker room, which is like a whole nother thing. And I think, you know, the bowl games, and we're going to talk about them here in a minute. Um, you know, I think people have maybe become less excited about bowl games over time, but Bowl games now are really an interesting time where we're going to talk about all the opt-outs. And guess what? Dudes who maybe don't have a lot of tape are getting thrown into positions where, oh, you want to go and, you know, get a starting corner in the, the portal next year? We're like, you know, I'm ready to defend that spot because I'm here right now. And, you know, yep. going to get it. So th- there's that interesting angle where I don't think, at least to the extent it is now that used to exist, it was much more of a, you know, you're in, you're in line, your seniority, and you know when when the guy above you graduates or whatever, you take the spot, and, and that's generally how it would work. Yeah, um, much less much less linear now. Yeah, so I mean now it's like yeah, give me my shot. I mean we were talking about it briefly before the pod, but you know we think some true freshmen are going to be playing in this bowl game, and you know this is get tape. They might hit the portal right after this game, or they might you know earn the spot next year and and fend off other portal got you know it, it's it's kind of an interesting fight at all angles and i can't even imagine uh all the logistics of handling a roster right now which does make me feel good that we have the the gm situation that we do and uh you know sort of <laughs> corralling all that because there's just so many guys there's a lot of information on them and you know a lot of tape to watch and personalities and you know it's it's a lot of stuff going on so Good, good news there. A lot of our dudes, a lot of the dudes who you would want to be committed to like country roads trust and these kinds of things, um, are right. Uh, Thomas rematch, uh, Wyatt Milam, Jaheim white, um, trailing, yep. trailing Ray, like a lot of the dudes where you're like, okay, these are, these are your, you know, hopefully they're not your flight risks. Right. But they're, they're dudes who other teams would be targeting, uh, fr- from our squad. Is there um, a list of, of the country? Because I'm just I'm searching it now. I'm seeing Jaquay Hubbard, obviously Garrett Green. Yeah. I, I'd just be curious if there is a list for next year. Um, I'm sure there. Yeah, they. I mean, Country Road Trust has a website. I'm sure there's a there's a full list on there somewhere. Um, yeah. But we we've locked down a lot of the guys who you would want us to uh, to lock down. So you know, keep uh, keep trusting that climb. Keep drinking those trust loggers. Keep drinking. You know, try that trust bourbon. I actually haven't got my hands on any yet. Um, 
but uh, looking forward to uh, to trying that. And yeah, keep. Uh, I mean, this is this is what it is now. Yeah. Um, so hey, if that's the way you feel comfortable getting involved, if you're not gonna not gonna join as a full member and donate every month, you know, at least uh, hey, drink, drink a lot of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, no, no, it's 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 we feel this is this is the best equipped that we've felt through and now it's early in the off season still right yeah. it's not even officially the off season yeah. but um this is the best equipped we've felt um we you know it feels like maybe we're ready to fight a little bit in in this new world i agree i, I just feel like the core of the team is so much stronger than it and it, it's kind of generally trended up with neil you can say what you want but yeah the roster we have right now at this point of the year is the best that we have had that it's ever um, had yep. yep so so and, and just a reminder for all the the people out there who forgot we did go eight and four this season just just a reminder there um, we won some games we won some games so um yeah, that's where we're at. The roster is going to be evolving. Um, I'm sure after the bowl game, we'll probably do like a more in-depth roster sort of debrief and, and sort of, you know, talk maybe more positionally, you know, what what's coming and going and, and maybe where we need to focus. But for now, it is what it is. You might learn some new names and see some new faces uh, on the 27th. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like where we're at. I'm, I'm not, you know, you, you have the big guys that you feel like you need returning the quarterback with experience, returning the running back who you really wanted to have, you know, yep. I, I think, I think things are trending upward. So I'm happy with that. Any other uh, roster stuff you want to talk or you want to start talking some big 12? Yeah, Just, just two last quick points. Um, we got a, we got a tackle commit um, yesterday. I think Lucas Allen, I want to say was his name. Um, basketball player. Uh, so six, seven, he's only two sixty five right now. So a little light. I don't think he's a dude who we should expect to, uh, come in and play next year, but apparently has like just a ridiculous wingspan. And then, you know, like as a basketball player, obviously has good feet. Um, and I'm not the one who's made this comparison, but a lot of people have compared him to, to a Colton McKivitz who, you know, came in undersized, filled out and, and turned into an NFL player. So, um, possibly a low key, good snag there. Um, and then two early signees who are currently committed to other schools, who are on flip radar flip watch apparently with signing day. I think signing day is Wednesday. Um, but there's a guy named lackey um, blanking on the first name, but he's a linebacker. He's currently committed to UNLV. He's a four star um, who apparently we have, we have circled back on and Chad Scott, who I've, you know, I feel confident in, in him as a recruiter. Chad Scott's been, been uh, risen him up a little bit. And apparently, you know, he might be, somebody to uh, to watch as a potential flip on Wednesday mm. and and one who seems a little bit more likely actually even so uh got Rick Darius Day Day Farmer um who's a four-star <laughs> wide receiver oh yeah dude Day Day Farmer um tell me you don't want Day Day there's like it, it, there's a zero percent chance that that guy's slow you know that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> um but uh but uh, currently committed to UCF, but like if you even go like the UCF board, kind of seems convinced that he's 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 going to flip. Um, I guess he's uh, the the big point of note there is that he paid out of pocket to take an unofficial visit um, the first weekend in December because he'd already been up here on an official, and so it's like you're not going to pay for yourself to fly up from Florida if you're not mm-hmm. at least not thinking serious. about it, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, hey, shit! If we get one or both of those guys, that's uh, that's a nice little haul. 
the uh the colorado state dude you're talking about was tj crandall is that correct correct yeah we're, we're gonna break news in the worst slowest way possible which is on a recorded podcast he just committed as of uh four minutes ago he just tweeted it out so for us uh, for us he's coming hey so, we have got a lot of you <laughs> we got a lot of young folks out here a lot, a lot of young lads out here who are trusting that climb yeah you know who are we who are we not to trust it along with them <laughs> that's right yeah no he he had the the take me home tweet just now so fuck yeah uh, dude that's a that's a nice pool so hey back, so. yeah two two quarterbacks in uh in the first three weeks of the offseason so you know good start good start i don't know if you saw neil's uh presser as a day or two ago he was like busy time of year you're uh you're preparing for a game you're you're dealing with everyone you got in home house and you're dealing with people all over the country like that so um but so far so good yeah getting some getting some guys in where we need them so it's good news to hear hell yeah all right cool well yeah so those are my last uh my last roster my last crew and roundup points cool. there so all right so um we'll, we'll do the uh the the somewhat standard big 12 precap um you know big 12 news and, and the bull stuff so nine eligible teams in the big 12 we one of them has already played and that was texas tech uh, they won the other night against Cal. They beat them pretty bad. It was uh, 34 to 14. Another win um, against a uh, team with a winning record. Yep. So so Texas Tech finishes the season seven and six, correct? Um, and that yep. was a win for us that early in the season was huge. And then a couple weeks later, everyone's like, they stink. And then, you know, kind of come around full circle. I think they ended up being, being all right. So um texas tech picks up the first win for the conference we got eight more to go um i'll kind of just run through them real quick georgia tech ucf uh that is december 22nd that's a friday night um in tampa florida so that's a good location for the two teams there um after christmas now the 26th we have kansas unlv that is uh in chase field in phoenix 9 p.m uh, West Virginia plays on the 27th and also Oklahoma state plays on the 27th against Texas A&M. Uh, that game pretty much follows ours, um, in Houston Thursday, the 28th NC state, uh, who is ranked 18th. They will play Kansas state ranked 25th in the camping world stadium in Orlando. And then following that one later that evening, Arizona, who is ranked 14th and had a pretty amazing season. Um, in the Pac-12, they they were one of those teams that was actually really good, and there were just like three awesome teams in the big in the Pac-12 that they you know were under the radar. But Arizona plays Oklahoma in San Antonio. This is the 28th at night, 9:15 Eastern. Um, after that, on the 29th, we have Memphis Iowa State, and that game is played in Memphis, so home game <laughs> for them. And then we have Texas in uh, Texas, Washington on New Year's Day at 845 in uh, New Orleans. So um, all that's to say, is there any game you feel like is much must watch material here or any game that you are intrigued by the matchup? Um, I, I, I will say I'm intrigued by Oklahoma, Arizona. Arizona, honestly, was a lot of fun this year. Just the games I caught. Um my uh one of my coworkers is a, is a big Arizona fan so I you know we talked about it a little bit but um yeah they've had a great season I feel like that's a interesting pair with Oklahoma who um there, there might be a lot of points though I guess Dylan Gabriel is probably not playing since he's I was gonna say yeah out he, of there. he gone 
So that you know that is the bummer you see with some of these these games where it's like you know it would be awesome if we had like USC versus Iowa, but like you know we want to get Caleb Williams in the game, stuff like that. So right, um, that is a bummer. But yeah, any any games stand out to you here that that look like fun? Uh, I think K State and State NC State is probably the the best matchup. Um, just NC State plays great defense, doesn't have a ton of offense. Um, Kansas, I mean, we know Kansas State. Kansas State is who they are. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that's one that I will be interested to watch as somebody who thinks the ACC just, uh, generally kind of, kind of sucks. So like, you know, like what does Kansas state take care of business? Um, would be interested to watch that one. Um, yeah, I would love to see Arizona, uh, knock off Oklahoma, which I mean, they have, I'd say without Gabriel, they have a good chance. I don't even know who Oklahoma's backup quarterback is. I know that last year when he was in, I can't remember his name, but the guy sucked. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I see you have a point in here. Will you root for Texas? No, I absolutely won't. No, absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah. So the big 12 has never won a playoff game. That's correct. Like Oklahoma's like, Oh, and five or something like that in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So no big 12 team has won a playoff game. Oh, no, 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 no. TCU beat Michigan. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, what am I thinking? That was last year. We all forget. Um, because they got absolutely, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, they, but they still did it. They still they, uh, they won they one. Yeah, beat they won a Michigan one. team that was pretty good that year. Um, so yeah, so I guess one Big Twelve team has won. Yeah, I was curious if uh, if you go for solidarity with the conference, but I feel like you know we're the bowl season. Conference play is over. I'm I'm done with Texas Oklahoma. Get them out of here. I don't yeah, care. they're not in the conference anymore. Uh, I don't even know. Like, would that even count as a Big Twelve? Like if they win, does that even count as a Big Twelve playoff win? It, it probably would as like a stupid footnote, but yeah, um, yeah, but no, 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 no. I want Washington to to roll them out. Yeah, Washington's a lot of fun too. I, I, honestly, are. like the Pac twelve was awesome this year. Oregon and, and Washington were were incredible to watch both times they played. It's gonna uh, be a little Big Twelve throwback for Texas too, right? I mean, Washington throws the ball all over the damn field, which Big Twelve yeah. has that reputation, but really it hasn't been that conference for probably three seasons now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like, Hey, do you, can you guys still handle this? Um, do you, do you think Texas, like, what is the line in this game? I actually, I don't even know. Um, I would imagine Texas is favored. You think so? I mean, I think Washington's really good. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Washington. I feel like the thing for me with Washington is like, they are so battle tested and like, you look at their schedule and like half of their wins are like ranked wins. They beat Oregon, U, uh, USC, Utah, Oregon State, and then Oregon again. Yeah. Um, and and they kind of kind of blew most teams out. I mean, like they they sort of handled business. I guess they, they had a really tough end of the season, um, but just week in and week out handled business. Yep. Um, Texas four and a half point favorites. So yeah, yeah you were right there. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be. Ex- I mean, honestly, the playoff games are all going to be awesome. Uh, you you know, Bama sneaks in, and you, you never want to. <laughs> you never want to count them out. So yeah, Texas getting that SEC bump already. Already, yeah, it's yeah. it's grandfathered in for them. Yeah. All right, so um, I don't know any, any other Big Twelve bowl stuff you want to talk about. I I'm looking at it. I feel like. Um, you know, looking at it, so UCF gets an ACC team, Kansas gets a G5 team, Oklahoma State gets A&M, who, you know, they're on a, a new coach and new situation. K-State gets an ACC team, 
Oklahoma gets Arizona. I think they're losing that one. Iowa State gets a G5 team. I feel like it's actually a, a decently favorable setup for our teams um, to to go above 500 or to win six or seven in these games. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like a lot of those matchups. Um, feel okay about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So do you want to talk uh, a little UNC West Virginia? Yeah. Do we want to? We got some questions. Do we want to save questions for the end? Well, let's do questions now. Okay. Okay, let me pull them up here. Um, and then I'm going to take a quick pause uh, because okay. I, I underprovisioned myself for beverages and uh, I need to go. I need all to go get some, get some more. <laughs> so That's cool with me. Um, all right, here. Uh, where? Here we go. Submit our questions. Yeah. All right, so let's dive in. Um, first one, 304 Yinzer. If Raekwon Battle plays in the bowl game, will he use a year, lose a year of eligibility? I think we can resoundingly say no. Um, first of all, because the NCAA has, has, since this question has been asked, the NCAA has said that that's not going to be a thing, but also because dude has four years of eligibility in football left if he wants to come play. I mean, you know, you want to talk about a guy who's probably a pretty elite deep threat. Raekwon Battle, 6'4", with hops, long arms. I mean, just oh, yeah. throw it up to him. Throw it up to him, you know? <laughs> you don't um, want him in open space. If Raekwon's ever down for something like that, I imagine that Neil Brown would be open to it. Um, but no, definitely not going to lose any eligibility. We're all we're all good there. Yeah, NCAA, NCAA is garbage. I mean, all of this this stuff is just we've we've murdered it. Yeah, I think we've, we did. So so actually, I gotta say this: one of my really good friends in Columbus is one of the attorneys arguing in, in that case, and we got drinks like this week after the case, and and he was talking about it, and 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 they they you know had like this short notice, and they had all these witnesses of all or all these um all these people to, to, you know, come and argue for including Raekwon of like, you know, why this rule is insane. And I don't think the NCAA lawyers were prepared for all that. And I don't think they were happy with that either. They, they kind of got bodied out of the, the courtroom. It sounded like, so, uh, you know what? Hear it. <laughs> it's not the first time they should be used to it after, you know, the last couple of years. So yeah, <laughs> for real. been making a habit of that, getting bodied out of courtrooms, um, from slaw who, uh, who trusts the climb, let's just say, uh, based on his uh, his Discord avatar. Um, should WVU win, who wins bowl MVP? I think Garrett Green's the obvious answer here, or at least the easy answer. I don't know. Anybody else stick out to you as, as a candidate there? I mean, Jaheim could, you know, very well, and, and we'll talk UNC in a few minutes here, but uh, I don't know. This could, this could set up for a nice Jaheim game. Uh, but, yeah, Garrett Green has been, you know, more or less the heart and soul of this team as the season has, has rolled along and yeah, it would be really fitting, really nice for him to uh, dump the cooler of, of mayonnaise on top of Neil Brown's head. I would love to see that. Yeah. I think we, I think we all would uh, more on that in a minute. One, <laughs> we one need that content. So yeah, we need it. We need it. Um, from night six, seven, six, uh, what score do you need to see that to solidify that Neil has actually turned this around? Um, again, easy answer, West Virginia by at least two touchdowns, right? At least uh-huh. two touchdowns is the by standard. By at least two touchdowns is the standard now. We, we've set a high bar for ourselves, but hey, when you're the big dog out here, you gotta you got to go eat, you know? So, yeah. um, but I don't know. I mean, a, a comfortable win. I think a comfortable win. Um, again, yeah, we'll get into North Carolina. They got some guys sitting out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, win, win, win comfortably. A game you're supposed to win. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to feel extremely froggy heading into spring ball oh yeah oh yeah yeah i mean this one gets you up to nine and 
you know, if you uh, you look back on the seasons, it's been a while since we've had nine. So, um, yeah, this this could be a big one. And, yeah, we'll talk them in a minute, but I feel like this is a, a, a game where we're going to – I mean, we are favored six and a half points. This is uh, – you know, they're missing their NFL-bound quarterback in uh, in substitute of a guy now who really hasn't played. So, this feels like a, a game you go out and pound the rock and, and go away, uh, you know, feeling good about this – the way the season went, the the step we took upward, and hopefully continually building in that that general direction. Yep, and I'm not even going to consider the alternative, so we're going to move on to Cincy Ears' question. Um, if we get nobody from the portal at wide receiver, are you comfortable? Um, obviously, we know that that's not the situation with Bray committing. Um, but actually, I, I would have. I would have felt comfortable, I think. Um, you have Ray back. You have uh, Hudson Clement. Um, Preston Fox, Rodney Gallagher. I mean, you have, uh, that's four dudes right there um, who made plays this year, who made plays in big moments this year. Um, and, you know, I think when you look at the way that, that we're going to try and play or the way that we play, right, we're going to run the ball first. Like four receivers who can make plays is a luxury that not many run first offenses have. Um, so, yeah, I would I would have felt felt fine. Yeah, it would, it'd be awesome to go out and get a number one target dude. Like, yeah, that, that sounds great. Or at least a, a guy who's in the rotation. But I feel like the upside on some of our guys, right? I mean, Traylon Ray, Hudson Clement, Rodney Gallagher. Like, give me, get, let me buy as much stock as I'm allowed to right now. Um, and, and all three of them, yeah. Yeah, no, and all no. three of them and two of them will, will pay out is, is the way I feel about it. Slaw with question, favorite Christmas tradition? Um this is a tough one. Does it, do you have anything that sticks out to you right away? Favorite Chris, Christmas tradition? Uh, banging eggnog, man. Love some oh, eggnog. I mean, that's just seasonal. But like December first, I'm picking up the noggin Kroger. No questions asked. I'm uh, I'm gonna co-sign that. Um, and for mine, this is a new one for me. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and take off my my red and blue uh, spectacle goggles and 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 put down my coonskin hat for a second and put on my dad cap. Um, and you know, just, uh, I got two little girls, both of them under four and just waking up Christmas morning and, and getting a fire going before they wake up and, and having Christmas, uh, Christmas morning with like my own family is, is, is kind of cool. It's a cool thing. So, oh, kids um, make Christmas. It's, yeah. uh, I got some, some nieces and nephews and that's, yeah, that that's the best part of Christmas. And just seeing them light up. Yeah. And the younger one, uh, you know, last year she was excited, but this is, you know, she's like a little person now. She, uh, what? Like she'll turn two in March. So she's like, you know, a little over one and a half. So she'll know what's going on this year and really looking forward to to seeing how she reacts to, to seeing everything under the tree and opening presents and all that jazz. So um, that's my new favorite tradition uh, from Zentrady Elite. If we win, is Neil going to be asked to dunk in light mayonnaise? And if so, should I stop trusting the climb? Uh, so he he fucking better not, because yes, we should stop trusting the climb at that point. You either go full fat mayonnaise or or get the hell out of my uh, sandwich shop. I need him to, to rip a gainer into a pool full of <laughs> of of Duke's mayo. Like I need, I need <laughs> I'm here for like I can't wait for that. 
just, <laughs> just climb climb the high dive like with the towel and throw the towel down and really limber up and, and just get into a big like double front flip yeah just, i feel like i feel like the university should lean into it and, and we come <laughs> if we win the game we come back and we get the the swimming facility like we get the high dive set up and, and there's like a layer of mayonnaise and, and yeah i think and he the, trust the climb while he does the ladder like it needs to be a whole production i'd buy a ticket hell yeah neil could just neil could just do that at his house man we get all these videos of the summer of the pool parties man just you're making you're making four and a half million dollars a year just just get it drained and and put them put the dukes in there just get some industrial dukes hit sam's club or uh, or costco and uh and do it up you imagine but, cleaning uh, a pool out full of dukes man <laughs> <laughs> like the the filtration system i'm just i'm just picturing uh carl spackler um from uh from caddyshack just like, it's no big deal it's no big deal <laughs> but <laughs> um all right another one from night how do you think our requirement has been so far any expectations for next year is it big 12 i'm guessing he meant recruitment um, is it Big 12 championship or competing for it until the last few weeks or bust? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's been that's been the answer every time we've seen this question is it's it's you don't have to win it, but you gotta be in the hunt in late November. Yeah, that exact meaningful November games. That's the that's the you know, where you want to be. Win it or not, you know, obviously would love to win it, but meaningful November games, that 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 is the bar. Um, another one for 304 Yenzer, favorite Christmas or holiday movies. Um, I'm going to throw the, uh, the, the wild card Uno card in there and say, I always watch Die Hard this time of year. I know it's, you know, there's a debate whether or not it's a Christmas movie. I think it is. So I watch it. Um, <clears throat> but I'm still, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm still a sucker. Um, you know, I'm 35. I was born in 88. Uh, the, the Home Alone one and two, um, still both just of my answers. <laughs> really? Yeah. They, they still, they still just. Uh, get to me in a way that lets me know that my inner, like my inner child is alive and well. Cause I still watch those and like laugh hard. Like, my wife looks at me funny. She's like, are you, are you, you know, are you an idiot? And it's like, yeah, maybe a little bit, but this shit's funny. If you can't laugh at two grown men getting, getting bodied, um, <laughs> through, through multiple houses and multiple cities, then, you know, what are you even doing? Yeah. I'm just going to fully co-sign on your answer. Cause that was, that was exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and last one, Spidey 616, how much trust logger or bourbon have you acquired to trust the climb? Um, infinite trust loggers, too many to count. I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even want to put a number on that. Um, but I'm in, I'm definitely in triple digits comfortably. Um, probably, I've done my part. We'll, we'll say, we'll say that I've done my part there. Um, yeah, I mentioned earlier, haven't, haven't done the bourbon yet. So excited to try that. I don't know, Joel, what are your thoughts? I've not done the bourbon either. Um, I've had some some trust loggers in the the tailgate experience um, on a few occasions, and and I feel like it's just like when I'm in Morgantown or I'm in West Virginia. I live in Columbus, so trust logger isn't readily available for me here. But um, it should be. It should be. Yeah, we we need to open the pipeline. It needs to run through. It needs to be on tap at Gressos. Um, if anyone listening can do that, let's do that. That sounds uh, that sounds like what we need. So. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done enough of my part yet. Hopefully, uh, maybe when I'm in West Virginia over the holidays, that'll change. Yep, yep. Dive in. Remember, fifteen percent of every can goes towards Jaheim White. That's right. And the conference champion Mountaineers. Um, okay, that was the last question. Good round of questions. 
Um, always enjoy that. Glad that people are still uh, interacting and contributing there because those are those are fun. I don't I don't read them. Try not to read them too much beforehand so that we're coming in blind and, and just answering from the heart. You know, that's all anybody oh, yeah. wants. So, yeah. All right. Um, so to North Carolina. But first, I'm going to go get uh, at least two more beers. So I'll be right back. Cool. All right. We kept it rolling during that time um, and we're back with the beer. So um, we ready? North Carolina? Yeah, let's talk North Carolina. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll set the scene here a little bit. So UNC, I think, you know, came into the season uh, with that dangerous level of expectation. <laughs> I think they're, uh, you know, they have a guy on a guy for quarterback who everyone knew was going to the NFL and knew was going to be picked pretty early. And when you start a season with that, it almost doesn't matter what the other pieces are. It's like, all right, we got a chance. Um, that's just how the sport works. Um, they started six and zero. I mean, that that doesn't help your optimism bug. So, um, you know, starting the season, they kind of clean up around the uh, around the Carolina, South Carolina to open the season. They win that by two touchdowns. They beat Appalachian State by six, uh, and then Minnesota. They beat them 31-13. So 3-0 out of non-con, feeling good. Uh, they beat Pitt by a few scores. That doesn't really say much. They beat Syracuse 40-7. to uh, Then they beat uh, a ranked Miami team 41-31. to You're sitting at 6-0, and feeling pretty good about yourself. Probably. You're in the ACC. You're looking at the rest of your schedule, and it feels like things have got to go right, and they, they kind of don't. Um, so following up the 6-0 start, they lose uh, to, by four to Virginia. Uh, they lose by – and that's a bad loss. I think Virginia was like – I think they finished the season like three or four wins. They, they were not good. Um, not good. Georgia Tech then gets them the next week. on the. Uh, this was at Georgia Tech, 46-42, so two close losses. You clean up against Campbell. Um, so that is a, uh, a sneaky non-con game there later in the season. That's a FCS team. Um, then they beat Duke, which is a rivalry game. Duke was all right this year. They beat them 47-45. So just get out of there with a win. Um, and then lose to kind of the revitalized Clemson team. And then they lose to NC State 39-20 to close the season. So 6-0 to 8-4 and real fast. That's a really different 8-4, and I feel like, than ours feels like. Um, even though we weren't all the way up or all the way down at any point this season to be six up, um, and then end up eight and four is, is kind of a rough way to stumble up the, you know, to the finish line. And yeah, I don't know. It makes me wonder about just the, the morale of the team, the morale of opt outs, the morale of when you have your site, I mean, this is just human nature, but when you have your sights set on a, you know, a big bowl game or a big important, you know, I don't know if they were ever thinking about playoffs, but, you know, maybe a New Year's Bowl or, a, um, you know, a pretty serious bid. And then sort of stumbling out the gate, finish 8-4, and four, uh, you get opt-outs. I think the fans kind of seem bummed. I know you you wrote that in there as, as just, uh, um, you know, it, it feels like maybe for them a big year and a big uh, wave of, like, talent kind of squandered. So that's my just, like, general vibe of the team. Um, just from, like, 10,000 feet looking at their offense defense very similar to us in terms of just productivity um so they were beta rank offense 18th we were 21st um beta rank defense they were 76 we were 78th so a pretty fair matchup just on like very broad terms in terms of offensive and defensive strength yeah on paper it's very similar um 
And yeah, I watched, I actually, I mean, you know, we're, we're on the East coast. So you catch North Carolina a handful of times, even if they're just in a, in a regional game. Right. Um, and they're a team where, and I, you know, I don't know if it's just cause the jerseys are clean, um, or what, but you know, they, they look the part, right. They got a lot of big, fast guys. Um, and they look the part and yeah, I mean, you know, you, I don't know if they were, you said, you don't know if they were looking at the CFP. I'll tell you what, coming off a win against Miami, yeah. At six and zero, oh, I would have, I would have, I would have been, you know, casting one just one little side eye, a tentative, I mean, like I said, a tentative side at, eye. You look at their schedule down the stretch. Yeah, games. winnable. I mean, they kind of blew some easy ones, and, and it's you know. uh, yeah, no, it's a disaster that they didn't win at least ten against the schedule. Um, with the way they started, right? You you get past Miami, that's that's one where you're looking at it as a potential hiccup. Man, I watched I watched the Georgia Tech game because I, <laughs> I had a. a Fucking banger parlay um, that all I needed. I had North Carolina money line. I didn't even need them to cover anything. And I think they were like between 14 and 21 point favorites in that game. Couldn't even tell you exactly, but just needed them to win. And Georgia Tech ran for, you guys feel bad about the 200 and whatever yards that we gave up uh, to Ollie Gordon in the fourth quarter. And like North Carolina gave up like 290 yards rushing to Georgia Tech in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter to lose that game. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, I, you know, I think, I think you, you hit it like the offense, the offense was not the problem. The defense was the problem. Um, the defense got beat, um, in multiple ways. I'm going to, I'm going to scroll down to my notes here to make sure I get this right. But, um, yeah, so they had app app state, Virginia, Georgia tech and Clemson all ran for 200 plus. And like I said, Georgia tech, Georgia tech ran for three forty eight, and like 280 of them were in the fourth quarter. And then South Carolina, Miami and NC state all through for 300 plus. Right. So, you know, it's not, it's not one or the other. It's it, they're, they're getting beat a lot of different ways. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that ultimately, ultimately bit them. Uh, bit him in the ass. Um, like you said, they they lost some very winnable games. Like you just look at all the numbers, and it just doesn't make sense why they, how they ended up eight and four. Um, you know, because one of the things I would look at when you, when you see a good offense and like kind of a shaky defense, and maybe this team underperformed is you look at the turnover margin, but the turnover margin is positive. Like they're they're you know they they generate takeaways. They don't really turn it over that much. Um, and so yeah, you know it's it's. It's not really clear what went wrong for him, but it, I mean, second half of the year, two and four, definitely something. Something definitely went wrong for him uh, in the yeah. back half of the season, and uh, and yeah, their their fans are. If you go lurk the message boards, I know I've, I've said that before. I like to go lurk the message boards uh, of the of the team we're playing just to see what the vibe is leading up to the game, and <laughs> they are they are not excited about it uh, to say the least. So. Yeah, and it's been an interesting team. So Mac Brown, I can't believe this is actually going to be the end of his fifth year now at UNC. Um, it doesn't feel that long to me. Yeah, but COVID, their last COVID, yeah, COVID made time evaporate. <laughs> time warp. Now Mac Brown, five seasons at UNC. Of all five seasons, they've ended between six and nine wins. Um, so they've kind of you know been just a little bit north of five hundred every season. Um, and an interesting thing to me is I'm looking at their last four years. They finished eight and four, six and seven, nine and five last year, and then eight and four so far this year. And in all four of those years, they at some point were in the top 13 in the AP poll. Uh, they were as high as 10 this year. So there was always a, a point in which it was like, here we go, we're, we're a legit contender. And then the yep. wheels have kind of fallen off on multiple occasions. I mean, 
to be ranked 10th at one point in the season and then, you know, finish six and seven is, is not great. That was a preseason poll, but uh, basically, uh, basically late era Holgerson, right? I mean, yeah. you know, where it's like, it's, it's good. It's exciting. It's probably fun. And then it's just, you, you end every year with a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of the state of the program. Um, you know, no secret, just like us, there are lots of opt-outs. I mean, the, the massive obvious big one is Drake may, uh, he's going to be playing on Sundays. Um, and not too long, we have compiled. Our, our interns have been working overtime, compiling all the list of people <laughs> who um, are not playing in this game, and and they all have given us multiple different lists. Um, and I would say some significant guys. I mean, really, at, at a lot of different levels. Um, you know, Tez Walker, a receiver, Corey Gaynor, the center, Cedric Gray. Um, Cedric Gray is a linebacker. He's going to be playing on Sundays as well. Um, and then just kind of a myriad of, you know, their tight ends, not really sure who's playing tight end for them. Not really sure who's playing linebacker for them. Um, I mean, we, we could name all these names. You probably wouldn't know them, but lots of guys sitting out. I think we saw the one article said seven starters sitting out. Um, but, and then like, just like us, lots of that sort of, you know, participation, get some snap kind of guys. Hershey um, McLaurin types. Dudes dudes who maybe don't start but but play a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everything we say, I guess, a little bit of a grain of salt. The, uh, the offense was pretty good this year. It was, like I said, pretty comparable to ours. Um, they don't have an NFL quarterback playing in this bowl game. So that is, you know, just your initial, it's not the same. Uh, but also, like I said, it's not like guys aren't trying in, in bowl games. This is some guy's chance to get power five, you know, tape. So everyone who's playing in the game, I think is going to be taking it serious. It's just obviously lots of opt outs, transfer portals, sitting out for the draft. Uh, and we have injuries. Um, you know, CJ Donaldson's not playing uh, injuries. So, you know, a little bit of that both ways. So you want to talk a, a little bit about uh, UNC offense? Yeah, man. I think the, the the two things that really stick out for me um, when you're when you're looking at the numbers. Um, so the first one, um, they ran 890 plays this year, which is 12th in FBS, but they only possessed the ball for 28 minutes a game, which is 117th. Right. So the conclusion there is that they go really fast, and when you actually run the numbers. They snap it every 22.4 seconds, um, which I think was I don't it wasn't first, but I want to say it was like top six or seven. I want to say they were six or seventh in in uh, you know tempo or pace or whatever you want to label that. Um, and so again, I don't know if that stays the same with uh, a backup in there, but again, this isn't that you're you're not catching a backup on three days of practice and a walkthrough, right? You're, you're catching a backup on three weeks of practice where he knows he's going to be the number one guy. Um, so very, very probably I would say that they're going to go fast with this guy. Um, and then the other thing that sticks out is, is a lot of explosives, which you, you'd expect with, with a, with a good quarterback. Um, 15% uh, exp- explosive run rate, which is 34th nationally. And then 11 and a half percent explosive pass rate, which is 41st. So in the, in the top, third of the country in both of those numbers. Um, and so I think those are, those are kind of the two things that really stick out. Um, they're not really bad at anything related to, to offense. You know, I think they're, they're pretty consistent across the board. Um, I don't have, Oh, I do have it. Yeah. So, so the, the beta rank, um, 24th effective run, 18th effective pass. So very, very balanced explosive offense. 
Um, not sure how it, uh, it, it's going to change uh, with this new guy in there. Um, but, you know, like I said, w- when you watch them play, they, they have dudes. Um, you know, there are teams that, that have dudes and teams that don't have dudes. North Carolina is a team that has dudes. I'd say, like, if you're looking at, like, what is the difference between, um, you know, teams that recruit at the top tier, like, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, we, we don't have to go into Alabama, like teams like that. And then there are teams like us that I would say are kind of like third tier. I'd say North Carolina recruits at a second tier level. Yeah. Um, you know, they're consistently in the top top 15 to 30 um, in terms of the recruiting rankings. Uh, so they got players, right? So, you know, even with these dudes opting out, I, I know you, you mentioned May. May's a lock first rounder. Um, Tez Walker, I think, is going to be, if not a first rounder, he'll be a day two pick in the NFL. So very good players. But they still got guys there who can uh, who can catch the ball, run fast, um, make plays. Um, just quickly, like what they're losing with Drake May. Um, so this dude graded out ninth among FBS quarterbacks per PFF in offensive grade. Um, I think he was one place ahead of, um, you know, our beloved Garrett green, Yep. but dude threw for 3,600 yards this year on 76% adjusted completions at 8.5, uh, yards per attempt. Um, his 34 big time throws led FBS. And so that's a, 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 that's insane, right? Big plays in the passing game. Um, generated them at a 7.5% rate, but under 2% turnover worthy plays. So like, this is a dude who made big plays without really putting the ball in harm's way. Um, you know, basically he's, like, <laughs> he's like if Garrett, Garrett green was six, four, two thirty. you know, yeah. um, you look at the, the running numbers, 51 scrambles for 414 or 415 yards. Both of those were fourth in FBS among quarterbacks. Um, overall he ran for almost 600 yards at 7.1 yards per carry and nine touchdowns. So like, this is like not, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're NFL draft picks and NFL draft picks. This is a, a capital D dude who made plays with his arms and his legs and he, and he's not there anymore. So, um, the presumed starter, the backup is going to be a guy named Connor Harrell. And, uh, it's a very, very white sounding name, but this dude, he, he's, uh, he ain't white. Uh, and you know, he's a really good athlete. Um, he didn't play much. I watched him play against, he played against Campbell. I think Joel, you mentioned that he played against Campbell, um, and throws a, throws a decent ball. I don't know how consistent he is as a passer, just cause I think he's only played, he only threw like six, six passes this year. Um, but against Campbell, he broke like a 55 yard touchdown. Um, so definitely a good athlete. I think he was a three-star, like a mid-level three-star coming out. I actually, I have his high school athletic background here because that's going to, you know, do a better job than any of his college stats. But he was the number 10 dual threat quarterback coming out. Um, First team all state, first team all county, team captain, two-time state champion, completed 72% of his passes for 6,100 yards and 81 touchdowns with only six interceptions over his final two high school seasons. So very productive. Um, 24 and one as a starter in high school. So I think he, so he was named Alabama's Gatorade player of the year. I don't know if you guys know any other six foot, 200 pound uh, mobile quarterbacks from Alabama who impacted West Virginia football. But like, you know, again, like this guy, he's, he's not going to be Drake May. There's going to be a drop off, but coming off of three weeks of practice time with the athletic profile that he has, I still think that he could cause us some problems. Um, yeah. 
I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, are you, do you have any, any Connor Harrell takes? I have no specific takes to him, but you know, you just laid out his accolades. This is his coming out part. Like, don't think he's going to be, you know, deer in headlights. Like, I think he's probably ready to go. And he just sat a full season behind a a guy who some NFL franchise is hoping is going to be their next long-term quarterback. Like, I think he's had the situation. He doesn't have the college run. Um, That hasn't happened yet, but you know, to say he doesn't have the the skills and the tools and yeah. he isn't going to be ready to to show out. And, you know, like I said, like if he comes out and has a super terrible game or whatever, like, you know, does he have the starting role next year or are they going to try the portal or, you know, like he's going to be, you know, doing his his best, putting his best game on tape. Yeah. Um, having the, the couple weeks of prep definitely helps a, a newer quarterback. Um, but I mean, we've said it a million times this season um the, the pressure has really been the indicator of our defense's success uh this is a mobile dude but uh this is one of the guys you want to maybe welcome to you know this is power five college football and and you know hit him hard once or twice to start the game this is a uh, you know this is going to be his first real uh go about uh you know running a full game so um i think skill talent seems to be there it's just not experience, and that's just where it's a wild card. Um, and and you you made the Pat White comparison, so I mean, no, I, I, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was just saying that this is a guy who also plays quarterback from Alabama. Um, but no, I mean, you mentioned yeah, three weeks of practice of, of practice prep time um, is going to help him. You know what else is going to help him is that their running back, Omarion Hampton, yeah, is is that dude. Um, this is a guy who received All America recognition, um, not not all ACC. Not not all Atlantic Coast recognition. This dude received All America recognition. Um, ran for ran for over fourteen hundred yards this year, which is fifth in FBS at six point one yards a carry. Um, had fifteen touchdowns, which was ninth. Um, four point four yards after contact, which is twelfth. Sixty three miss, missed tackles, which is ninth. And then on top of that, uh, had twenty nine targets. I think he caught twenty five of them for like two hundred fifty more yards. So like, um, I don't know. Have you have you watched highlights of this guy? Like this guy is a player. He's a dude. Yeah. He, he, and he, when you look at his stats, like over the, the course of the season, uh, it was just pretty, pretty solid, consistent. Yeah. I wouldn't make the Ollie Gordon comparison, but it was in a similar way that it was like the first four ish, first four or five games of the season, nothing crazy. And then about midway through the season, it was just like, guess what? I'm running for a minimum of, you know, 150 a game. Like, that's just what I'm going to do every week. So, yeah, yeah, you got it going. That's yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to say is like, I don't know if I'd say he's Ollie Gordon, but like he's probably the second best running back we've played. I mean, this dude, he's he's uh, he's built, you know, built well, like thick lower body, really good contact balance. Like if you watch like very, very rarely goes down at first contact, mm-hmm. um, has good vision, um, not not overly shifty, but like shifty enough to put somebody off balance and then throw like a stiff arm at him. To the point where they're, you know, they don't really have a chance to tackle him. And then, um, you know, like Ollie Gordon, like if, if he gets into the second level, he has a speed to uh, to house it. So, um, you know, th- this is a this is a very, very, very good player. Um, and if they keep it close, I would imagine that it's because he has a big game. I really think, um, I mean, if we quickly, we'll, we'll run through the, the receivers. Um, you know, we said Tez Walker's out, but... Nate McCollum and JJ Jones both were over 60 targets this year and were productive. Um, 
Nesbit, Nesbit, and Copen, yeah, Copenhaver. So I don't know who's playing tight end for them because those two guys are, are third and fifth for them in targets coming into this game. Yeah. Um, and so I have no idea who's going to play tight end for them. But but the receiver they have at least they have at least two very very good receivers still. Um, Nate McCollum and JJ Jones. So we're going to have our hands full with those guys, especially with you know, I mean, our secondary is it, it was thin coming in. It's it's even worse now with uh, some of the portal attrition that we've had. So, yeah, I mean, if, 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 uh, if Harold can spin it, these guys are going to give us problems. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I think one thing that always can put so much stress on a defense, it's the Tyreek Hill effect, but just the, the, the ability to stretch a defense, you know, so vertically um, is a huge strain. And obviously Drake may and the whole offense this year was really good at that. That might be something that completely changes the dynamic of this offense. You, You take a couple of these receivers out, and then, um, you know, if your quarterback now can't deliver the deep ball with, you know, that level of consistency, maybe that does change the dynamic. But, no, I mean, definitely, I mean, you, you said it from the, the start. You know, the talent on this team is is there, and it's across all levels. They, they got guys everywhere. Um, just, you know, it's, it's just a different situation. And I feel like it's the unknown is more than the, um, you know, if, you, if, if this was the middle of the season and these guys had played six games all together um, – maybe they are the better team or maybe it's a pretty even fight. But I think the, the reason West Virginia is favored here is probably just the unknown of this offense, uh, mainly at the quarterback position. Cause you know, on paper, they, they got guys. Um, yeah, def- definitely not lacking talent, but, um, yeah, like you said, I, who not sure who's going to play tight end. Um, maybe we, we look at the offensive line as well. Um, you know, the, the center Corey Gaynor, um, graded out pretty solid. Yeah. NFL guy. Yep. He's he's not playing. Um, I mean, they really only played six dudes on the offensive line this year, and that's one of them already gone. Um, I'm sure if we look through this list, there's probably additional ones um, who are opting out. Um, nobody jumping off the page to me. So maybe not. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be missing at least a piece or two on the offensive line. Uh, all in all, I bet, you know, just – I think looking at this offense, they're going to lean on the run more. They're sure. going to have a more mobile quarterback. They have a you know, fantastic running back. They're not going to be the the vertical threat they are. They're going to be trying to pound the rock. So, um, yeah, I think our defense is probably going to be you know, a, a, a run-stop-first kind of game plan. For sure, for sure. I would, I would expect it to flip. You know, I think, like you, like you said, the threat of the vertical pass kind of opened up the run for them. I would expect it to be the opposite in this game, right? Like the, the threat of the run – they're probably going to use that to try and open up the vertical pass. Yeah. Um, if you look at the way they play, they're they're over over two thirds zone. Um, so I would expect a ton of zone read, zone RPO type of stuff with Harold. You know, just make it like a one read thing. And if hey shit, if it's not there, get what you can. Right. Very similar to what we do with Garrett Green. Um, you know, I think like if we were going to look at a key like for our defense. It's just the the front six needs to absolutely kick ass. Like we can't let this guy get comfortable. Um, throw blitzes at him, mix the coverages up. But if our defensive line, um, you know, if our defensive line handles business, I think we we are in good shape. I don't. We're not going to stop them. There, there's too many good players, even without May and Tez. Yeah. Um. To 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 like you know have like hold them under twenty points or anything. You know, like I think they're gonna they're gonna move it and score points with this guy. Um. But yeah, we just can't let them get comfortable. I think they're going to score points, but the good news is I think we're going to score points. Um, you know, when we when we sort of flip the field here and look at when we have the ball, 
Um, you know, we have Jaheim White, we have Garrett Green, we have a lot of receivers playing in this game. Um, majority of our offensive line is playing in this game. And this was a defense in North Carolina that really struggled. You already highlighted it, um, specifically with the run, um, just just having all kinds of issues. And and once again, like uh, in in the the opt out guys not playing category, they're they're losing an NFL linebacker right in the middle of the you know the defense. Um, and I think some additional linebackers as well that we highlighted. So I think that was the other position group we kind of mentioned, like not sure who's going to be covering there. That's not great when you got a guy like Jaheim White, um, who's probably going to be carrying the ball a lot. So, um, yeah, the, the teams who, who have had, uh, and well, and this is not an exclusive group, uh, fortunately this year, right? Like a lot of teams have had trouble stopping us. Um, but the teams who have had the most trouble, like your BYUs, UCF, Cincinnati, I think we, we, we highlighted in the previews is like the middle of their defense in the back half, like the linebackers and the safeties were a little bit shaky and boating well for us. Um, you know, North Carolina's safeties are a little bit shaky. And then you mentioned the linebacker Cedric Gray. So, um, the, their linebacker Cedric Gray is really good. The dude who played next to him, power Eccles is really good. Both of them are grading out in the mid seventies on 800 plus snaps. But when you're looking at the rest of the team, like the only, Nobody else has over 100 snaps. Um, Amari Campbell, who he has 70. I'm assuming that he is going to be the guy who starts next to Power Eccles. Um, and Amari Campbell, it's going to be a familiar name for you guys because we, re- we recruited him. And the way it played out is he, he took a visit to, uh, to West Virginia. He visited us. And then a couple days later, he visited North Carolina and he committed to North Carolina shortly after. So, hey, a little bit of, little bit of payback for Amari Campbell here. Um, but Campbell's Campbell's a true freshman. Like I said, who's he's graded out well, but he's graded out well on 70 snaps. So like, is he ready to, to, to be that guy? And you know, the way that we put, we like, we're, we're a three dimensional offense, right? We, we strain teams left and right. We strain teams sideline to sideline and we strain teams vertically. Right. And so, I mean, that's a, that's, it's tough on anybody. It's tough on the best of players. And for a true freshman line, like at a guy where like they only play two linebackers. Right. So it's like kind of a linchpin position for them. Um, you know, somebody who maybe will will look to uh, take advantage of or target um, with with some of the misdirection and zone read kind of stuff that we do, I would think. Um, mm-hmm. I think so. One 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 thing, real quick, before we get into the the rest of the position groups that I wanted to call out that bodes really well um, for us. Actually, two things that jumped out. Um, first, the beta rank beta rank does a drive efficiency metric, and so this is going to be similar to the echo rate that uh, that stats award that Parker does. Um, but basically, it's it's a it's an indicator of like how often are you letting your opponents put a quality drive together, right? However, however you define that, I know echo rate is drive drives that um, progress inside of your own forty yard line, and I'm sure that drive efficiency is some, something similar for, for beta rank, Joel. I don't, you, you'll probably be able to keep me honest there. Um, but North Carolina ranks 117th in that. So, like, they are very often letting teams pick up first downs, move the ball, possess the ball, like that kind of stuff, which obviously we're very good at. And then the other thing is that um, the quarterbacks, the teams that had a, a ton of success running the ball – so App State, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Clemson. Um, Joey Aguilar from App State, the quarterback, ran six times for 42 yards, three first downs, two explosive plays. 
Tony Musket from Virginia ran 10 times for 75 yards, four first downs, three explosive plays. Haynes King from Georgia Tech ran eight times for 90 yards, three first downs, three explosive plays. And Cade Klubnick from Clemson ran 12 times for 44 yards and a touchdown and four first downs. So the teams that have had success running the ball have had good quarterbacks who could run the ball, and those quarterbacks had success running the ball against North Carolina. I think, I mean, you you know, you probably knew where I was going with this like uh, 30 seconds ago, but could be a game where Garrett Green, you know, has has a big game. So like if you're looking, you know, it may be a prop bet to throw out there um, and you can find some Garrett Green rushing yard props, um, you know, might be might be a nice a nice play if you're looking to throw a little bit of money at this game. But just generally in terms of our offense moving the ball, I think that both of those things bode really well um, for us to move the ball and, and hopefully score points against these guys. Yeah, I mean, sounds like sounds like a game Garrett Green could have a lot of success. Um, he's made worse defenses pay for, uh, you know, pay, pay just in that similar fashion. So um, I do feel like that's a favorable matchup. I do feel like, um, you know, them kind of being soft in the middle is just good for our running game in general. And, and like you mentioned, I feel like we've had the most success when the running game is just kind of going downhill. And uh, that really opens up. I mean, that's the perfect scenario for Garrett Green, Garrett Green to really get the passing game going as well. So um, I really don't hate this matchup with this defense. Um, you know, I don't know if we want to go position by position here. The linebackers we mentioned are kind of looking thin. That's where the experience is really missing. And, and two big guys, you mentioned Cedric Gray, Cedric Gray and Power Eccles, which is a great name. Um, those guys are, name. Yep. yeah, really good linebacker name. Um, so those guys are not going to be playing defensive line i think is fine um yep yep they, they were you know kind of middle of the acc is sort of what i was seeing um you know nothing nothing stood off the the page to me no like single guy i guess really popped um did you have any any uh highlights for the d-line yeah i i think the inside is weaker than the outside um interior dudes in the acc and ter- this is just pure pff grade i'm not watching all 20 22 footage but the interior dudes on the on the uh, on PFF ranked 25th, 29th, 33rd, and 53 out of 53 qualifying people in the ACC. And the qualifier that I use is that they played at least 20% of the team snaps this year. Um, so, you know, average average at best in in the interior, but the edges are better. Um, and the one who who stood out to me, Cayman Rucker, fourth highest grade, fourth highest graded edge in the ACC. And had 58 pressures this year, which was actually eighth in FBS among among edge rushers. So um, hopefully he's coming off the left side. Uh, you know, I, I think Wyatt Milam will, will handle him. Um, or, you know, I, I, or Doug Nestor, right? Like I feel good. I feel better about the edges than the inside, especially with Zach Frazier, um, not playing. Um, and then, you know, I, I would call out the, uh, I mentioned the, the safeties are kind of are, are weaker, but the corners are good. They, and they had three good corners, um, one decent one. And then a guy named Tayon Holloway, who, was actually the lowest graded corner in the ACC, but he has since entered the transfer portal and will not be playing. But um, one of their good corners, Elijah Hazee, has actually, I think he's, is he hurt? Is that what I saw? Yeah, I think it was an injury. He's not playing. Maybe a similar thing to like CJ where he has an injury and all it's labeled is he's not playing in the game. Yeah, but they they, they have two good corners. Um, Let me pull them up here. I want to get the names right. Will Hardy is also out with injury. defensive back for for them okay yes so elijah hazee is their is their highest graded corner 
graded out 73.2, which is which is very good on 700 plus snaps. But Marcus Allen and Amar- Armani Chapman, um, Allen played 850 snaps, Chapman played 505 snaps, and they actually graded out 72 and 70. So they'll still have two good corners out there. But we we we've seen that 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 that. that Blah, that that has not been as big of an issue uh, for us this year, uh, especially when the middle of the defense is weak, which I think is uh, is the case here. But you know, overall, again, you know, just like the offense, they they have dudes. Um, for whatever reason, the the sum of the parts has been less than the uh, than the whole. Is that the expression? Y- yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. The, the sum of the yeah, sum of the part. Yeah, you would say the sum of the parts are are greater than the whole if it's a good team. So yeah, they are, and so uh, the sum of the parts have been less than the whole, right? Like they have dudes who have graded out well, but for whatever, whatever reason, the defense just hasn't been that great. And with the pieces that they're losing, I think they'll be even a little bit worse. So um, this is a team again. You know, I, I think I said it up front. This is a team that I feel confident. Like if we take care of the ball. Um, you know, I feel confident about moving and scoring on these guys. So, I like the matchup. I like the. I like pretty much everything about this game. I think it's a good program, an eight and four team, a power five team. Um, but I like the location of the game. It's probably. I don't know. I imagine they probably would have more fans than us, but I think we're going to show out plenty strong um, down in North Carolina. I think. Uh, I think I like our matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of points. The over under in this game is fifty five and a half. Yeah, I don't go um, over that. I think over. Um, I, I think over here, and I think we're coming home with a win. I think we're getting to nine and four. I think Neil's getting some Duke's mayo on the head, straight to the dome, and uh, I think the optimism we're gonna just continue to flow over this off season. So the Neil haters are gonna be crying and throwing up after this one. Not gonna be having a good time. Continue climbing, you say? Sign me up. Give me a Sherpa. Let's go up. <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to look up real quick um, the odds. Like, if you just took West Virginia. So, I'm, I'm planning on playing this. A money um, line? West Virginia money line. Minus 240 is what I'm seeing on ESPN bet. So, I'm looking at FanDuel. I'm seeing minus 235 and then over 56. If you pair those together, it is plus 150, which... I think that's a that I'll be playing that. I will be playing that. I haven't played it yet, but I will be playing that. So, um, yeah, feel good about the uh, feel good about the old golden blue here. Let's go get a little, little comfortable win, and yeah, climb into the off season. That's good with me. Um, anything else before we wrap up here, Jordan? All good, man. Cool. All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Um, appreciate the questions in the the Discord. I think that's a, a fun new segment. So. Appreciate all the listeners and all the uh, the input we get there. Uh, check us out on SmokingMusket.com. You can check us out on the Smoking Musket Discord, especially if you're a West Virginia fan. Fun place to hang out um, and, and chat about all the sports, pro sports, you know, all the teams, college stuff. Um, cool place to hang. Um, so SmokingMusket.com. You can find us on Twitter at WestByPod with underscores. I'm game. Uh, I'm WV Stats guy. He's at Game Day Shorts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Game Day Shorts. I'm not Game Day Shorts. I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie out here. Um, otherwise, I think we'll be having some episodes. Um, maybe some like season wrap up, season review, roster information kind of episodes. Probably yeah. in the sometime early in the new year. Um, so be on the lookout for those. Yep. 
otherwise have a, a great holiday season and uh, hopefully we get a win on top of it. So uh, thank you as always for listening. We'll catch you in the new year. Trust the climb. Let's go Mountaineers. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.